Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer around God's Word. We continue our catechesis on the Passion according to St. Mark. Today we'll be in chapter 15. Oh, I don't think I announced the date. It is March 18th, 2021. All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Say our memory verse for this week. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 7 through 8. Our psalm this week is Psalm 109, beginning in verse 21. But you, O God, my Lord, deal on my behalf for your name's sake. Because your steadfast love is good, deliver me. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is stricken within me. I am gone like a shadow at evening. I am shaken off like a locust. My knees are weak through fasting. My body has become gaunt with no fat. I am an object of scorn to my accusers. When they see me, they wag their heads. Help me, O Lord my God. Save me according to your steadfast love. Let them know that this is your hand. You, O Lord, have done it. Let them curse, but you will bless. They arise and are put to shame, but your servant will be glad. May my accusers be clothed with dishonor. May they be wrapped in their own shame as in a cloak. With my mouth I will give great thanks to the Lord. I will praise him in the midst of the throng. For he stands at the right hand of the needy to save him from those who condemn his soul to death. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. First reading today is from Psalm. 69. Hear me, O Lord, for your loving kindness is good. Turn to me according to the multitude of your tender mercies, and do not hide your face from your servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Draw near to my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of my enemies. You know my reproach, my shame, and my dishonor. My adversaries are all before you. Reproach has broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. I looked for someone to take pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. They also gave me gall for my food, and for my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Let their table become a snare before them, and their well-being a trap. Let their eyes be darkened so that they do not see, and make their loins shake continually. Pour out your indignation upon them, and let your wrathful anger take hold of them. Let their dwelling place be desolate. Let no one live in their tents. For they persecute the ones you have struck, and talk of the grief of those you have wounded. Add iniquity to their iniquity, and let them not come into your righteousness. 
Let them be blotted out of the book of the living, and not be written with the righteous. But I am poor and sorrowful. Let your salvation, O God, set me on high. I will praise the name of God with, my, with a song, and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. One thing that uh, we've mentioned, and as we consider the Psalms, usually on Saturday, um, I do a little meditation on the Psalm, uh, borrowing from an excellent book, Christ in the Psalms, by Patrick, Patrick Henry Reardon. Um, my, maybe the title is actually a little misleading. It's not Christ in the Psalms. Um, the Psalms are Christ's word. And so the best way to consider the, the Psalm is to first and foremost, I think, consider um, how is it or when was it that Christ prayed this psalm? Jesus prayed this psalm, right? Because these are his words. Um, and first and foremost, then we see, uh, in this example especially, how Jesus himself, uh, the words that he was praying, that he was meditating upon, um, as they were striking him, as they were crowning him with thorns, as they were mocking him, um, even as he was crucified, right? Um, not all the psalms are that way. Many of the psalms speak of praise and honor and glory, um, perhaps. Um, you know, a psalm that Jesus may have prayed in response uh, to a great act uh, that he performed in the name of the Lord, right, in the name of God, according to the will of the Father. So, uh, first and foremost, consider that. And then, here's the key. Uh, Because we have all been baptized into Christ, that we share with Christ in all things, right? So, in the way that he suffers, we suffer. In the way that he was uh, martyred for the faith, so we will perhaps be martyred for the faith. Um, in the way that he faced death, we face death. In the way that we um, face life or rejoice in life, the same, right? And the, in the way that we give thanks to God, we give thanks with Jesus in the way that he gave those things, right? So he becomes then not simply an example, um, but he is, the, he, is the man, he is man, rightly understood, um, who lives in faith before God uh, and in love for neighbor, okay? So uh, that's how I would encourage you to read the Psalms is first think, um, this is Jesus saying these words. Right? And then think, okay, now that I am in Christ by my baptism, um, how might I also pray these words? Good. Our reading, our reading for catechesis today is from Mark chapter 15, beginning in verse 16. Then the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium, and they called together the whole garrison, and they clothed him with purple, and they twisted a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they struck him on the head with a reed and spat on him, and bowing the knee, they worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took the purple off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him out to crucify him. Then they compelled a certain man, Simon a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by, to bear his cross. And they brought him to the place Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. Then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots to deter- for them to determine what every man should take. Now it was the third hour, and they crucified him. And the inscription of his accusation was written above, The King of the Jews. With him they also crucified two robbers, one on his right and the other on his left. So the scripture was fulfilled which says, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you 
who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking among themselves with the scribes, said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that we may see and believe. Even those who were crucified with him reviled him. Right, there ends the reading. So, some questions. Uh, Where did the soldiers take Jesus? See that there in verse 16? To the hall called Praetorium. And how did they dress Jesus? They clothed him with purple and twisted on him a crown of thorns on his head. Uh, What were the soldiers saying to him? It's key here. The Roman soldiers, hail king of the Jews. And what did they do as they mocked Jesus? Soldiers, they struck him on the head with a reed and spat on him. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, it looks like they also, yes, bowed the knee and worshipped him. Why did these things happen? That they struck him on the head and spat on him in particular. You'll see this repeated throughout uh, the scriptures in each of the evangelists' account. So that the scripture might be fulfilled, right? Which scripture might you have in mind? Always have this in mind on Good Friday, especially when we hear it extensively. Isaiah 53. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we, were, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. And there's the key. Uh, what else did the soldiers do when they finished mocking him? Now they took the purple off of him, put his own clothes on him, and handed him over to be crucified. Um, in this account, who was forced to carry the cross? Have Simon a Cyrenian, right? Uh, what's the significance of this man having the name Simon, do you think? Well, here you want to work backwards to uh, the more famous of the Simons, right? Um, Simon Peter. Um, back in Mark 8, this happens. Jesus said to them, Who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said to him, You are the Christ. And when the people, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, and when he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, yeah, this is the part, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? 
Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. All right, so we have two Simons. The first Simon, of course, Simon Peter, denies Jesus, as we've already heard. And now we have this Simon taking up the cross. Hmm. Where did the soldiers bring Jesus? Golgotha, place of the skull, right? Also known as Calvary in Latin, um, which is all, <laughs> churches that call themselves Calvary. I always think they should just call themselves the place of the skull Lutheran church. Hmm. <laughs> Certainly be a conversation starter. Of course, what does the skull symbolize? Death, right? Um, and as we've talked about often in images of the crucifixion and paintings and others, um, you'll find a skull at the foot of the cross. Um, and that skull is, I don't think, just meant to point to simply death and Jesus defeating death, but namely back to the promise, right, of Genesis 3, verse 15, Jesus crushing the head, the skull of Satan, and freeing us from the curse of death. All right, so we have the, Satan's head being crushed there too. What did the soldiers offer Jesus to drink? Wine mingled with myrrh, right? And Jesus did not drink it, of course. Uh, myrrh being um, an ana- anesthetic. Yeah, it would serve as an anesthetic. That was along with the alcohol. What did they do with his clothes? Yeah, they divided his garments, casting lots to determine what each man would take. Right. At uh, what time did they crucify Jesus? It was about the third hour, which would be for us about nine o'clock in the morning. Remember the rooster crowed, and that's when the sentence was um, executed. All right. So three hours later, they crucify him about the third hour in this text. And then, of course, from the ninth hour, um, or from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, there was darkness. Right. Not recorded here, but recorded elsewhere. So it'd be noon to three. What notice was above the cross? Of course, the king of the Jews. We talked about that extensively on Sunday from John's Gospel. Um, how do we abbreviate this? Have you ever seen it abbreviated? It's usually with a four-letter acronym. Or, not acronym, is that right? Yeah, acronym. I-N-R-I. I-N-R-I. Um, because remember, it was written in Latin, Greek, um, and Aramaic. Right, so from the Latin, I-N-R-I is short for um, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews, which would be Jesus Nazarenus Rex Eudorium, right, Eudorium. So, Jesus Nazarenus Rex Eudorium, yeah, so I-N-R-I. Who else was crucified with Jesus? Two robbers, right, one on his right and one on his left. Um, and what did those who passed by say to mock Jesus. There it is. Jesus, they take his own words against him, right? You who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. This sounds a lot like uh, Satan's temptation in the wilderness, right? Using God's word against him. Of course, what's the real truth of this statement? He would rebuild the temple, of course, being his body, um, rising again on the third day. Um, but one shift, right? It would be his father who would save him. He was raised by the father. How did the chief priests and the scribes mock Jesus? Right here, verses 31 and 32. 
They wondered why he couldn't save himself and descend from the cross so that they might see and believe. Right? Of course, what important truth is there missing again? Jesus must suffer and die for the sins of the world, for their sins. What did the chief priests and scribes say they needed um, in order to believe? Again, that he come down from the cross so they could see and believe. Of course, what sign is it that they uh, would need, would they need to believe? Of course, this is the sign uh, for all of us that our faith is grounded upon. That is the sign of his resurrection, right? And later, even though there were many witnesses, they still would not believe um, that he had resurrected from the dead. So, deny the resurrection and you deny the faith. Death and resurrection are the heart and center of the Christian faith. They are the very foundation upon which our faith is built. Jesus was crowned with thorns to bear the curse of sin for us, that we might be set free from the prison of death. In love for us, Jesus did not save himself, but trusted in his Father to rescue him. We cannot save ourselves any more than he, but trust in the Father who has declared us righteous for the sake of his Son's innocent suffering and death. Only he can rebuild the temple of our bodies as he did his own dear sons on the third day. Excellent. We confess what hearers owe their pastors. The Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 14. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Galatians 6, verses 6 through 7. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, Do not muzzle the ox while it is treading out the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. 1 Timothy 5, verses 17 through 18. We pray. O Lord Jesus, we give thanks to you for the gift of pastors who preach your saving gospel and administer your life-giving sacraments to us. Crucify our flesh and destroy all impenitence and unbelief in us, so that we who have received faithful instruction in the word of God might provide generously for the support of our pastors. Teach us to believe that our pastors, who faithfully sow the seed and tread out the grain of your word, are worthy of their wages and are entitled to reap from what they have sown. Teach us to believe that preaching and teaching your word is the most important work that our pastors do, so that we might honor and support them in this work. Live together with them in the peace of your forgiveness, and hold them in the highest regard and love for the sake of the gospel. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. On this Thursday, we pray for the church and her pastors, for all missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, and other servants of Christ in his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament, the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray also for an end to all schisms and causes of offense, that the Lord bring into the way of truth all who have erred and are deceived, that he beat down Satan under our feet, that he send faithful laborers into his harvest, that he accompany his word with his grace and spirit, that he forgive our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and turn their hearts, that he give and preserve for our use the kindly fruits of the earth. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray in thanksgiving, this is new, for uh, Reverend John Herzog, who we've been praying for, who's quite ill, 
uh, but was able to return to church on Sunday. And we give thanks to God for the gift of healing. Continue to pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Kelsey, Amanda, Timothy, Sandy, Linda, and Ken, Aaron, and Penny. As a matter of fact, Amanda also um, is going home. She posted that on Facebook, so we'll move her over to Thanksgiving as well. But of course, she still continues to need healing. We pray for our homebound, Bev, David, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially Camp Luisimo and Pastor Bloss. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the collect for this week. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, your mercies are new every morning, and though we deserve only punishment, you receive us as your children and provide for all our needs of body and soul. Grant that we may heartily acknowledge your merciful goodness, give thanks for all your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn for this week, Jesus' Priceless Treasure. Jesus comes my fear 
lightnings flash and thunders crash. Yet though sin and hell assail me, Jesus will not fail me. Satan, I defy thee. Death, I now decry thee. Fear, I bid thee cease. World, thou shalt not harm thee nor thy threats alarm me while I sing of peace. God's great power guards every hour, earth and all its depths adore him, silent bow before him. Hence all earthly treasure, Jesus is my pleasure, Jesus is my choice, and solemnity glory, not to me thy story, told with tempting force, pain or loss or shame or cross, shall not from my Savior move me, since he deigns to love me. Evil world, I leave thee, thou canst not deceive me, thine appeal is vain, sin that once did blind me, Get thee far behind me, I'll not forth again. Pass thy hour of pride and power, sinful life thy bonds I sever. Leave thee now forever. Hence of fear and sadness, for the Lord of gladness, Jesus enters in. Those who love the Father, though the storms may gather, still have peace with Him. Yea, whatever I here must bear, Thou art still my goodest pleasure, Jesus' priceless treasure. Absolutely true. Good to have you with us all here for our congregation prayer this March 18th, 2021. I uh, encourage you to go back and watch last evening's service of evening prayer, as we considered the martyrdom of St. Stephen, but also how his confession is our confession, and the way that he sets forward, of course, is the way of Christ, which is also the way that has been set before us uh, in terms of suffering and death. So, uh, go back and watch that if you're at all able. It's on Facebook and YouTube. So, there you go. Uh, Again, today being Thursday, ah yes, that would be it for today. You can join us again tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. for our congregation at prayer. See you then.